Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And Lucy, where are we off to today? We're off to Boston, James. Yes, we are. So Boston and New England. Uh, have you ever been before? I've never been. I really want to go. Uh, a huge spoiler is that we are currently working on a next batch of our Like a Local series and Boston features Ooh. in the series. So I've been signing yes. off on that. So I feel like I, I'm, I don't feel like I've been, but I feel like I'm sort of getting a sense of the place. Mm. Um, and um, aside from the back, the fact that the book is going to be super, I really want to go to Boston. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to quite a few places in that kind of like northeastern sort of part of the US, but I've never been to Boston. Um, my uh, my brother-in-law studied there for, for a year and has like amazing things to say about it. Well, he studied technically in Cambridge, but yeah. Okay, that's cool. But um, Cambridge, Massachusetts, I should say. Although yeah, yeah, I could confusingly go to the one in England. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, Harry, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> hi, Harry. But um, yeah, and he's always said great things about it. But, you know, it's kind of a real real combination of things for me where it's kind of got the 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 countryside the obviously the amazing i've just seen so many visuals of the fall foliage and yes. stuff that yes i just would love to see it in person um but then you've got the kind of like i don't know the sort of university vibe of it the the beers the seafood etc yeah. it strikes me that boston has a real a really strong cultural identity obviously yes. american sort of well obviously it's sort of played a huge part in American history as you say yep. it's got um universities it it seems like Boston Bostonians are an incredibly proud bunch of people um also then you've got all the literature as well like strong literary links I, I think that Bostonians have a real sense of self 
Yeah, it's got one of the oldest sort of histories in the US. And yeah, it kind of like develops as a modern city as well. Yeah. And most recently, I've been watching it through watching The Last of Us and <laughs> as, a, as a sort of mushroomy zombie <laughs> apocalypse. So I'd be interested, you know, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's much better than, than, than that version of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But quite interesting with why they chose Boston to start off with. But anyway, uh, we have um, a bit of an expert. We definitely do. Yes, we've yes. actually got one of our like a local writers. We do. So fresh off writing like a local, travel writer Jared Ranahan has lived everywhere from Nanjing in China to Bogota in Colombia before returning home to Massachusetts just to write this book. I'm sure it's just to write the book. I don't know. Um, <laughs> his goal is to seek out compelling travel tales, all the while highlighting local citizens that make these experiences possible. It's no different when it comes to Boston, as Jared is currently working hard, shining a light on the small businesses and community strongholds to add character to the city for our upcoming book, Boston Like a Local. So welcome, Jared. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. And just before, you're about to fly out, right? That's true, yeah. I'm in New York right now. I fly to Columbia tomorrow. Blimey. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, thank you very much for making the time to join us. Yeah, of course. As usual, we're going to begin with learning a little more about our guest, Jared, followed by the all-important recommendations of where to go and insider knowledge of Boston. And then we'll hear about the best time to go, plus how you can travel more thoughtfully when visiting Boston. So, Jared, tell us about where you grew up and your connection to Boston. So, I was born in Massachusetts and I spent most of my life in Plymouth County um, in a town called Middleborough. It is a very boring place, but um, <laughs> it's, it's mostly cranberry bogs, so there's not a whole lot to do. But um, okay. my dad worked and continues to work at Northeastern University. Um, I attended okay. that for undergrad, so I've been my whole life going into Boston all the time with him, just like kind of mm -hmm. hanging out in the city. I'd go to the aquarium a lot and just kind of just check out the city from a young age to college. Cool. Oh, wow. Cool. So that's how, how many years of sort of 21, 22 years of like kind of going around and exploring Boston before you went out and explored the rest of the world? Yeah, probably about that. Cool. Amazing. Tell us what led you to start traveling and living all over the world. So when I was a kid, I really never traveled. Um, we went on a family mm. trip to Italy when I was nine. And then I didn't leave the country again until I was 19. But yeah, basically oh, wow. being at Northeastern, it's a very international school. And I would genuinely be embarrassed that I didn't know where people, they would tell me their home country and I wouldn't, I wasn't familiar with that country. So I started to really pour into geography and get my knowledge of the world straight. And then I figured I should probably go out and kind of see one of these countries that I was reading about. So I did a study abroad in China that lasted six weeks. And then I was obsessed with travel from that. And then at Northeastern, when you're in the business school, you have to do two six-month internships called co-ops. Mm. And I did both of mine global co-ops. So I did one in Singapore, then one in the Netherlands. And oh, wow. that really kick-started like, my love for travel. And then I started working as a travel writer straight out of graduation. I got a finance degree, which I don't use at all. So <laughs> that's fine. It's always the way, isn't it? You're really good with the currency, though. Really good with the currency, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Out of interest, do you have like a favorite place that you tra that you have sort of traveled to? That's probably an impossible question. Uh, yeah, that's a tough question. I always tell people I love Colombia. I'm always going back there, so I'm excited to go back tomorrow. Um, Jared, then when you think about time spent away, what are the things that you miss most about your homestay and that you're that sort of makes you excited to come back to? I think one huge one is New England clam chowder because oh, yes. yep, it's. 
I mean, it's known around the world and so many places try to make it, but it just never matches the quality of Massachusetts. So I always miss it so much. It's one of the first things I always get when I'm back. And then one thing I've always found when I live near the equator is that I really miss seasons because Boston has Mm. very marked seasons. You can see the leaves change. You can see the snow pile up and just all the four seasons. I always miss those when I'm somewhere that's like more like wet season, dry season, just not such clear demarcations. And then Mm -hmm. I think what I miss the most about Boston when I'm not around is I'm very much a wanderer. Like I love to just get an iced coffee and just stroll just around the city aimlessly for a few hours and just see where it takes me. And other cities around the world are not so pedestrian friendly, so you can't really do that. So that's a big thing that I miss. I mean, that's true of a lot of of cities in the US in general as well, right? Lots are not pedestrian friendly. Definitely. If you go to Florida, like Florida's mm. rough <laughs> if you try to walk around. They just don't have sidewalks in a bunch of places. You're just on the highway. Oh, God. oh no. Um, I can't imagine that. And some and this kind of brings us nicely back to like local because you've been recently been working on like local Boston. And um a lot one thing we talk about with that series is how proud locals are of their city. Do you think this sort of rings true for Bostonians? Um and what is it that they lo- love most about Boston? And New England, I guess, aside from the chowder. (laughs) Um, I do think that's incredibly true. I think Bostonians are probably some of the proudest citizens of any city in the U.S. Mm. And I feel Mm. like that can part of it can be traced back to just how historically significant Boston is, because it was one of the most it played one of the most important roles in the American Revolution. And even walking down Mm -hmm. the street today, you can see so many landmarks just from that era. And then in the modern era, it's kind of we have world-class universities we have great public schools and massachusetts is usually on the right side of history like we were the first state to legalize gay marriage so yeah we're pretty progressive pretty innovative and i think people from boston are proud of that so to kick things off jared we're going to name a few categories and you have to suggest just one thing to do in boston are you ready? Uh, oh, okay. I guess I'm ready. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. First off, your favorite thing to see in Boston? Um, to see, I think we have a beautiful skyline. So I would say go to um, the Envoy. They have a really cool rooftop bar and you can get incredible photos from up there. Lovely. Lovely. Great answer. Straight in there. And um, next category is your favorite thing to eat. I'd probably say... So there is a restaurant in Back Bay, it's called Krazi, and they have one of the biggest Greek wine selections in the entire country. And they make something called Uvetsi, and it's mm. like a braised lamb with orzo, and it's the most savory, flavorful thing ever, and I'm obsessed with it. Oof. Yeah, that sounds absolutely delicious. As does the wine as well, which, <laughs> which leads <laughs> us on to this next question. It might be the same thing. Your favorite thing to drink? Um, so I'm a huge craft beer fan. So I'd probably mm-hmm. say mm. um, in Dorchester, which is the biggest neighborhood in Boston, they have Dorchester Brewing Company, and they make mm-hmm. this really amazing double IPA called Forever OFD. It means originally from Dorchester, so I'm a huge fan of that one. Oof, yeah, excellent. I'll be checking that out. That sounds great. And then, Jared, your favorite day activity? Um, so this isn't always available. It's kind of seasonal, but um, we do incredible whale watches. Like there's, I write a lot about wildlife and we have amazing marine biodiversity just in the Massachusetts oh. area. I had no idea. Cool. Wow. Um, okay. We'll have to pick up on that later. Come back yeah, to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
the final one on your quick fire round and you are smashing through this very very quickly i'm very i'm almost unnerved <laughs> most guests do not get through this very quickly uh, uh your favorite museum or gallery oh this is kind of a random one but okay there's a museum that i love in it's um, on harvard grounds on the university it's called mm-hmm. the museum of comparative zoology and it's uh, natural science so it's just a lot of taxidermied animals from across the world but i had my 10th birthday party there so, oh, I can't imagine spending my tenth birthday around lots of taxidermy. I think I was in a bowling alley yeah, was, or something. I was a weird child. <laughs> I was a very nerdy child. That's fantastic. Okay, well, so sort of broadening it out across Boston, tell us about a couple of highlights in Boston that listeners shouldn't miss. So, I think we have really incredible art museums. I don't know a whole lot about art, but. I am always just blown away by it. We have the Museum of Fine Arts, which has a lot of like Renaissance era beautiful paintings, but it also has really incredible archeological, um, just artifacts from across the world. So that's a really good one. Then right nearby is the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, which is mm-hmm. smaller, but a lot of beautiful art. And it was the site of, I think the most valuable art heist in world history, like the most expensive oh. heist, which is kind of wild. And if your name is Isabella, you get in for free. So that's cool. Oh, good tip. For that's a great fact. Any Isabellas out there. Yeah. And I guess um, another highlight is absolutely our seafood scene. Um, I'm a huge fan of seafood, yeah. so I'm always so happy whenever I'm back in the city. Um, lobster rolls are very famous in Boston. Of course, so have, of course. Yeah, there's um, Salty Girl and Neptunes are two popular places for lobster rolls. But I think my favorite is Woods Hill Pier 4 because they put it in a popover instead of like the traditional hot dog bun. So it's kind of just a, a different way to do it. It's pretty cool. And then we have Union Oyster House is, they say it's like the oldest still operating restaurant in the country. I think it's from like maybe the early 1800s, but they have a whole bunch of different okay. seafood. It's really nice there. Fantastic. And yeah, that's probably great art scene, great seafood scene. That's a fantastic roundup. The, do you know with the heist, do you know what exactly was stolen out of interest? Uh, I, I think there's a documentary about it. It was definitely some very okay. valuable paintings, I want to say. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it was, um, I think it was like two guys dressed up as construction workers and pretended they were doing maintenance and they just walked in and like took the paintings off the wall and walked out like it's wild. Wow. I might be completely wrong as well, but is that the museum that's in The Last of Us? Because then The Last of Us starts in oh, Boston, I, right? probably is. Yes. I yeah. have, I have so yet to true. see that because it looks very scary, but... It does yeah, take place in is, Boston, I know, a few episodes, so it probably is. It, it starts in Boston, and yeah, it's probably not not, not the picturesque Boston that it is today, but um, but yeah, there's, <laughs> there's some quite amazing sights in it. But yeah, that's that sounds wonderful, and actually, that's quite interesting about uh, the kind of seafood scene as well, because I know that's what New England is really, really famous for. It's one of the few things I kind of know about New England, other than the fall seasons and so on, is, is, yeah. is the fishing towns and villages, etc., that kind of like dot the coastline. It's quite interesting to hear that come into into Boston too. You mentioned about the whale watching then, Jared. Is there, you know, how, is there a particular season when that's best seen? How does it work exactly for listeners? I don't personally know what season it is. I want to say it's, <laughs> it's a huge thing for kids to do it on field trips. So it has to be like when kids okay. are in school. I want to say maybe like springtime-ish. I would, yeah. That... I guess it's whenever the humpbacks okay. are migrating. Because I think it's mostly humpbacks that you see. But I think you can see maybe like pilot whales. We don't really get dolphins, but you see a lot of cool whales. I had no idea. That's really cool. 
I mean, you've been writing for like a local and researching. Are there any kind of best kept secrets ahead of publication? I believe the book is coming out. Lucy can confirm this later in the year, right? Yes, it's coming out in autumn or fall. I should also know that really. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> are, are there any are there any best kept secrets that you come across though that you'd be willing to share with listeners? So not exactly a secret, but um, one neighborhood that I think does not get nearly enough attention. Uh, I love East Boston, so. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is made from reclaimed land. It's like um, right across from downtown over the water and the airport is there. So a lot of people, they just fly in and then they just go straight into the city and they don't stick around. But there is an incredible Latin American food scene. So whenever I'm just like desperate for good Colombian food that obviously I don't find in my hometown because it's very boring and we don't have any cuisines there. Um, I go up to East Boston and there's this place called El Peñol and they make the best Colombian food and then there's like 50 other amazing Latin American restaurants. So I always love East Boston and I always tell people to go there. It's a great tip. Yeah, I love it. And you have anything else, any cultural sites? Obviously they're all willing to share with us. I, I mean, when I mentioned earlier, the Museum of Comparative Zoology, Harvard has really incredible museums. And I think hmm. some people, like they go to Harvard just to kind of stroll around and like see, you know, like the scenes from Legally Blonde yeah. and like the movies that have been filmed there, but <laughs> they do have yeah, like, I bet. really good museums that yeah. people don't expect. So I would always recommend checking out those too. Cool. And then how about sort of beyond Boston? Um, are there any things outside the city that visitors should make sure they plan into their trip? Yeah, I think absolutely. Like all of, all of New England is beautiful. So I would say immediately outside of Boston, I mean, Cambridge is right there, obviously. They are two mm-hmm. separate cities. Not everyone knows that. But um, yeah. yeah, you're probably going to want to check out Cambridge, Brookline, surrounding areas. But if you have a car, you can go up the coast and there are beautiful beaches because Boston doesn't have a whole lot of beaches. And there mm-hmm. are those old historic fishing towns. There's like Rockport and Newburyport. Mm. And if you keep going up to Maine, um, the Maine coast is ridiculously beautiful. You can go to Portland, which is, it's like their city, but it's a tiny city. And then Camden is super European vibes, like very historic, great architecture. And that's up the coast. But if you want to go hiking, I always tell people check out Blue Hills Reservation because that's just like a, not a super difficult, there's some altitude, but you kind of just mm. climb up and then you get a great skyline view. And it's one of the more nature areas in the immediate Boston area. And is, is it all kind of quite well connected, Boston? I, I think like um, like the rail infrastructure across sort of... Um, across New England is, is quite decent, right? It's not um, compared to some of, some other parts of the US. Yeah, definitely. We have pretty good trains. It's not, not everything's connected, but I mean, compared to other states, we have the best trains ever because a lot of yeah. states just don't have trains. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I meant. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was getting yeah, we at. Are, we're definitely pretty well connected in Massachusetts. And obviously like kind of New England really, really gets like kind of um, everyone knows about full foliage and like it being the kind of like mm. the epicenter worldwide almost of that but um, uh, is that kind of the best time to go or is it actually like really other, other times much better uh, I can tell you right now there is a time that you should not go which is winter because it's super dark and cold and just life sucks sounds familiar that's uh... <laughs> Autumn, autumn is an, an amazing time. Just the foliage is beautiful, but I think my favorite is probably springtime, just because mm-hmm. yeah. everyone's been locked up from the cold. They're just excited to get out. Yes. There's so much energy in the city, and the public garden's just so vibrant with flowers, 
and the city just kind of comes back to life. So I think that's my favorite time, just because after winter, you're just so happy to finally be a person again and not be like trapped in your house. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same over in London. I think Boston and London have a lot. Yeah, I think, I think we, we, we get this answer quite a lot on the podcast where I think the spring really, there is something about the kind of rebirth and seeing a place in its kind of best light and stuff, you know, potentially yeah. when it's not before it gets really busy too. Um, you also touched on beer that I just want to touch on, touch on for a second. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Obviously, new, there's New England IPAs, etc. that, you know, you get them world, worldwide. Um, you mentioned one particular brewery, um, but, you know, I'm guessing Boston is a bit of a mecca for beer drinking, really. Yeah, definitely. We have a million breweries. Is, 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 that, is that as a precise uh, number? Or is that, um... Yes, very precise. <laughs> It's exactly one million. Exactly one million. But yeah, I love Dorchester Brewing's an awesome one. And then uh, yeah. there's Lord Hobo up in Cambridge. They make this. I want to say it's a double IPA. It's called Boom Sauce. And I am obsessed with Boom Sauce. It's Oof. something that if I'm in another city just across the US and I see they have Boom Sauce, I like whip my head around. And I'm just like, I have to talk <laughs> to the bartender right now. Like, why do they know Boom Sauce? <laughs> What what makes it so special? What's uh you know what's the flavor? Um, it's just like aggressively hoppy, which I really love in a okay. beer. I'm one of those people that likes the really like aggressive, like punch you in the face with hops kind of beers. I know they're not for everyone, but that's when I started drinking beer when I was like freshly 21. Um, my dad yeah. was like, "We have to get you into beer," and he's into like the wicked, like intense hops. So that's kind of how my palate was formed. So I've always loved those kinds. Nice, and I, and I know obviously a lot of New England IPAs are pretty strong, right? They they, oh, yeah, know, they tend to be on the stronger side of beers. Yeah, they can get intense, and like some of the stouts are, there's like pastry stouts, dessert stouts. Those are just like if you drink one, it just feels like you ate an entire loaf of bread, and the ABV is like fifteen percent. <laughs> like those oh, beers can get dangerous. Yeah, that is. So is there, is there one particular place where, you know, you can sample all of these amazing beers or like has the best beer selection? I would honestly say you should probably just go straight to the breweries just because yep. they have so many of the breweries in Boston just have an incredible dining scene on their own. And okay. if they don't have a license to actually make food there, they'll bring in food trucks and we have awesome food trucks. And a lot of the breweries follow that kind of you know, the classic vibes now where they have board games for you and it's just like a very yep. chill, casual kind of hangout spot. So yeah, I'd say just go straight to the source. Are there any, uh, is it sort of like, are they all in walking distance as well? Like you've mentioned about it being a kind of pedestrianized city, but is it quite easy to get between them or? Yeah, if you do a crawl in like the seaport, like seaport to mm -hmm. waterfront and kind of like downtown area, that's pretty easy. All right, nice. There's some that are a little far flung, but I mean, our metro is... It's kind of gross, but it works. So you could easily get places. <laughs> I feel like most but most cities, metros are pretty gross, but they work. Yes, that's Ish. true. Uh, uh, and like, just while, while we're on kind of best things to do in Boston as well, I think I think one of the things that's kind of on my mind, this, be, this is because we've got a new book out called Run. Um, the Boston Marathon is obviously one of the sort of big six in the world. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that for those who, who don't necessarily know about it? Yeah, so the Boston Marathon is a massive kind of like cultural event that everyone always looks forward to. Um, big part of the fun is that it takes place in April. So it's usually mm -hmm. right around when the nice weather's kicking in. So everyone's, again, excited to be out of the house and not hiding from the cold anymore. But it's cool because the entire marathon route, it, I want to say it, it ends in the city, but it starts in 
Newton, I think. Maybe okay. a little further mm-hmm. than Newton, but it's out west. And uh, my friend went to LaSalle University, and we would mm-hmm. always, because it's kind of early on in the marathon, you'd like go to LaSalle and hang out with your friends there and like watch the runners as they're starting. And it's just mm-hmm. cool because you can kind of just like post yourself all along the entire, like the entire span of the marathon. And there's just always like people just having fun, drinking, just like chilling, making food, just watching the runners go by. So it's like an entire like <laughs> cool. 26 mile long, just a bunch of events. So yeah, the, the energy is incredible in the city. It, it, it seems like, you know, whereas like lots of other marathons are like very important in cities, you look at like kind of London, New York, Tokyo, etc. They happen whilst everything else goes on. But the thing I've, I've heard time and time again about Boston is that nearly everything stops and everyone watches it. And yeah, it's just, it's a big you, deal. you know, it's a big, big like sort of celebration, really, and and it's one of the world's oldest ones as well. Um, I guess so. It has that that heritage to it, and yeah. So I think that's a really lovely kind of introduction into Boston. Uh, let's now move on to discussing a little bit more about the sort of the present and the future of Boston. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. New England's biggest city, Boston is both a hotbed of innovation and bastion of history. Whether you want to explore world-class museums, find the best restaurants or follow the Freedom Trail, our DKR Witness Top 10 Boston ensures you make the best of your trip. Get your copy wherever you get your books and look out for Boston Like a Local with contributions from our guest Jared later in the year. a particular theme for the season of the podcast is responsible travel so Jared in what ways can visitors explore Boston a little more thoughtfully I think one good way to approach it is uh, as I said before like take advantage of the metro because it is gross <laughs> it's very um <laughs> the infrastructure is not always there sometimes the cars catch on fire like you know classic subway problems but but it wait, will... wait what <laughs> That has happened a few times on the red line. One of the cars will just randomly catch on fire. It's less than ideal. We don't love it. And then yeah. if you go if you go on the green line, that's like a trolley system and it makes this horrible screaming sound, like this metal mm-hmm. screaming sound. It's we we don't love the tea. We love that it's there, but we don't love the tea itself. But uh what I'm I'm making it sound like it's awful. <laughs> So, so just bring some headphones and some, you know, f- uh, flame-proof clothing, I guess. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. But I'm, I'm making it sound terrible, but what I'm getting to is that 
Um, we do have a functional metro, so I would say don't rely on cars so much to get around because you can easily, I think it's well designed and it gets you to efficiently mm -hmm. two parts of the city that you need to be in. So I'd say, mm -hmm. yeah, try to plan your trip around using public transportation if you can. And then I would also say um, with responsible travel, so people, when they come to Boston, they tend to hang around like Back Bay and the seaport and downtown and the waterfront. And those are yeah. very heavily touristed. So I'd say try to spread out and check out some of the neighborhoods that need more attention, just support the local businesses around there. So we have, I love Boston Chinatown and it's a pretty okay. tiny neighborhood, but it's so just colorful and fragrant and just a beautiful neighborhood to check out. And there's a, I'm trying to think of places. So um, I love Windsor Dim Sum has just really incredible dumplings. Um, there's a cocktail bar called Shoujo that's kind of like pan-Asian, like Southern fusion, just has like really yeah. fascinating food and really amazing cocktails. And then um, if you like Malaysian food, there's a place called Penang. I love that one. So um, Chinatown's amazing. Then there's other neighborhoods like um, Dorchester has this little district called Fields Corner, which is mm -hmm. interesting because it has incredible Vietnamese food and a bunch of like divey, like Irish American pubs. So I just love okay. that kind of cross section of Boston where it's like Vietnamese and like Irish American heritage. Like it's just a cool blend. Yeah. And then like East Boston, incredible Latin American food, what I said earlier. Yeah. I just think there's, there's so many neighborhoods that deserve like a light shown on them. And so many mm. incredible restaurants and bars that just don't always get so much of the attention. So I definitely say try to like focus in on those during a trip. Cause I guess one thing about Boston and is sort of like lots of people's sort of visions of Boston are kind of like historically tied in with like Irish Americans, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, partic particularly, you know, basketball team called the Celtics, etc. But it sounds like there's there's loads and loads of communities, lots to explore there, lots and lots of like kind of like different heritages as well that you can kind of pick, uh, almost pick from. And, you know, kind of cool when it kind of clashes as well uh, yeah. when you've got Vietnamese food in Irish pubs too. That's yeah. really cool. It is cool. And also, just as a plug, as mentioned, Jared is working on Boston Like a Local and our Like a Local series is packed with all of those community-minded, independently-owned places. So, listeners, go read Jared's wonderful words about Boston in Boston Like a Local when it's out later this year. Yeah. Thank you. I've said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well done, Lucy. That's uh, well sold. I mean, I mean, Jared, how has writing Boston Like a Local been? Have you reconnected a little bit with your city? I think so, definitely. And it's been... Because um, there's two other co-authors with me, and we've all just worked really hard, just exhaustive effort to try to compile so many of these places. And it's been, I think what I really love about it is that I get to put down so many places that I love and I have fond memories of. And then with my co-authors, I see places that they love, and it's kind of like everyone meshes together, and it's like three separate people that love Boston just making one beautiful thing. I think it's really cool that way. That's such a lovely... Lovely way of describing guidebook Made my day. Thank, thank you, Jared. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to report that back to Rachel, the book's editor, because that will make her very happy. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, lots of these books are kind of a real sort of labours of love, for, uh, but they're also like kind of community minded. You know, there are like each book has about three or four authors or so. And, you know, all the recommendations are kind of like compiled together. And yeah, it's wonderful. I really can't wait to see it, actually. That's going to be that's going to be great. Um, and so looking ahead further and yeah, we've talked a little bit about the marathon. We've talked about 
about spring as well. Um, are there any other like sort of particular events that you know to for listeners to kind of base their their trips to Boston around? Yeah, so I'd say the number one is probably the marathon, which is such a fun mm-hmm. time. But beyond that, um, actually, I think it might be this Sunday. Um, the St. Patrick's Day parade is just mm. if you want to just go out and see like just tacky like flamboyant like bostonians just drunk in the street just having like the best time like in their leprechaun outfits it's 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 a ridiculous time to be in the city and it's just very fun and just very chaotic and vibrant i did mean to ask how st patrick's day was because yeah i I know like chicago also like has a big claim on st patrick's day in the u.s too but I, i know boston's really really big on it too yeah definitely people love it around boston it's if you try to, like, if you go into the city for St. Patrick's Day, like, just don't try to get on a train and go somewhere else because you will literally be packed all the way into the train. Like, so many oh, people nice. come from, even, like, out of state, like, Rhode Island, Connecticut, like, they'll just all convene on the city and just, the streets are packed, people are drunk at, like, 10 a.m., like, everyone's having the best time. Yeah, it's a <laughs> really fun weekend. <laughs> Oh, well, listener, unless you're like in the local area, I'm sure you'll look forward to that in 2024. And are there any any other kind of like events to mark the calendar kind of across the the year? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, just seasonally, Christmas is a beautiful time to be in the city. Mm. This is a cool fun fact that I love about Boston is that every, uh, like every December time, Halifax, Nova Scotia and Canada, they send us a Christmas tree because they had a massive disaster in their harbor maybe a century ago. And uh, one of the ships had, I guess it was gunpowder or something in it and it exploded and it was like a massive disaster. And Boston immediately sent just a bunch of, um, a bunch of supplies and just kind of like first aid. And Halifax has always said, they're very appreciative. So they send us a tree every year. And I think that's really cute. Oh, nice. I have yet that's to really go to Halifax, but I really want to. That's adorable. That's really lovely. Well, that's a fantastic introduction to Boston. And I feel like, you know, we've got through quite a lot in quite a short time, which is fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Jared. We won't hold you too much more before you get on your, your flight, flight. <laughs> flight to Columbia. But it's it's also, it's, it's really lovely hearing a bit about you writing for like local, uh, some of your experiences with that and, and some fantastic recommendations as well that listeners can take on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Jared. Loved it. Thank you, Jared. Huge thank you to Jared. Wasn't that brilliant, Lucy? Oh, I, I have to say, Jared, I, you know, we, we don't set an easy task asking someone to, you know, succinctly summarise somewhere in 30 minutes. But Jared did a fantastic job. He really whetted our appetites. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it got me, you know, we, we've we talked on this podcast quite a lot about Like a Local and, you know, the series has gone to 18 titles now. It's going up, I believe, to 22 Correct. now, Lucy. Yep. But uh, it reminds me just how special our, our, our sort of like local writers are. And I think Jared, um, you know, really encapsulated some of that enthusiasm for local communities, for local finds, for seeing a city in a different way. So thank you so much, Jared. And thanks for making time in your hotel room before you fly off to Columbia. <laughs> That's <laughs> so. commitment to the pod. Thank you, Jared. It really, really is. But yeah, so guests, obviously, Jared travels around the world, not just Boston. Uh, you can find out much more about him and his adventures at Jared Ranahan on Instagram and TikTok. And where are we going next? 
Lucy. We're actually off to Brazil. Yes, so a little bit of a difference. Uh, you know, following a similar travel line to, to <laughs> yeah. Jared at the minute, but going a little bit off piste. But yeah, uh, we've never done a Brazil episode before. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, but yeah, so we will join you for that in a fortnight, listener. And until then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we shall see you very soon. Where to Go is a podcast from DK Witness. It was produced by Julia Baker, presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson with the help of Bella Tolbert. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please like and follow the show. And if you have time, leave a review. Your support means so much to us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.